0: Welcome to the webinar, Money and Me. We have Sarah Money with us, who is the creator of Money and Me, and Heidi Jones of Bridges Community in Marion, Ohio, using Money and Me with her Getting Ahead graduates. I am Ruth Wyrick, and we want to thank you for uh, joining this webinar. We offer webinars the first and third Thursdays of every month and always topics that will provide you tools for your toolkit to to reduce poverty in your business, your community, your organization. So I'm going to turn it over to Sarah and give it to Sarah and Heidi for the next hour. We will take questions at the end. Sarah?
1: Thank you. Good morning for those of you in the time zone before noon. If you're on the East Coast, good afternoon. (laughs) My name is Sarah Money. I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and communications from the University of New Mexico. And I received a master's in counseling from Webster University. Uh, I was the executive director for a nonprofit for nine years and now the director and developer of Money and Me. So that's a little bit about myself. And let me just talk a little bit about Money & Me and how it got started. Money & Me is a financial literacy education system that provides training and consulting for organizations that are inspired to help low-income people take control of their money and also their lives. And the way it got started, and I'm just gonna, and I'll get into the system part, is while I was director, of a nonprofit, it was a faith based nonprofit here in Albuquerque. We received a grant mm. to help low income people um, with financial literacy. And so I began looking at a lot of curriculums and recognizing that uh, most of the curriculums that I was viewing were written for people that already have money and they were needing to know how to manage it. And I was really looking for curriculums for the people that are living in a survival mode, where they're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, They might be receiving assistance. Um, And I just couldn't seem to find it. So that's how it got started, is I couldn't find anything available. But with my background in psychology and counseling, I've also worked for the state of New Mexico. I did income support for many years. Um, I did a lot of home visits as I was director of this nonprofit, and I realized that there's a different language and culture, uh, which is what the AHA process speaks to so much, that needed to be addressed. So what I started doing was just creating a simple budget worksheet, and I will be showing that soon. And that is the tools. Um, It has now evolved into an entire workbook with a money kit and certificate. What I wanted to do is make something that was simple and duplicatable. So if I could teach one person how to do the program, I could teach a hundred people or a thousand people. And so then we created PowerPoints, the technology to assist. And then I looked at training. And um, what I had happening in Albuquerque is I had a lot of middle income people wanting to come alongside and volunteer, but they needed to be culturally sensitive to low-income people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And now um, that's what the AHA process does, and the Bridges Out of Poverty do so well. But I had put together a mini training just trying to get people to recognize cultural differences. This system is complete, so organizations do not have to reinvent the wheel. That's one of the things that I feel I'm very gifted at is putting together systems that people can follow. Because each time you're trying to figure something out, you're using time that could be spent doing other things. Um, The training that I've provided, it's an online training. I've created an environment called Money and Me Online University. And organizations can purchase training packages um, for their staff or volunteers, they can purchase it for one person or as many as they want, and they would go through self-paced in their own home. The tools for success, and I will be getting into this a little more deep, but this is a brief overview. There is the workbook. We put a receipt organizer. Um, we want participants to have the tools that they need to be successful. We teach the cash envelope system so they get 10 envelopes a mechanical pencil, a notepad, and a certificate of achievement. The technology includes the PowerPoints, and they are arranged into six one-hour sessions. And so some organizations do one session one hour a week. I've had some organizations do two three hours, um, three twos. And I do have some organizations that do this as a A one-day six-hour workshop and they usually provide a meal for that so what's different about money and me compared to other programs Mm -hmm. and that is that we try to keep it simple Um, it deals a lot with life skills and not just finances so the money and me we talk about meal planning we have games in there called a food challenge smart shopping we teach price per ounce laundry lessons this was something that um, Became very clear to me about 18 years ago and I'll get into that story a little bit more when my daughter was born But when a person's laundry is out of control Their life feels out of control and so some of the best things I have helped people with is when they get in control of their laundry Their life gets into control and then we can help them more with their finances Mm -hmm. We also look at habit changes um, Because if they can change one Spending habit, or just one thing in their life that would probably relate to finances. Other programs that I looked at prior to creating this looked at income debt ratio, investments, um, retirement, and all of those things. And we just wanted to keep this simple. Hold on, the chat box. You not see my screen. There we go. There we go. Another thing that the curriculum does is it addresses different learning styles. And so with my counseling background, I really wanted to bring something that would speak to everybody. So we have the visual part, uh, which is all of the PowerPoints, the auditory, which is the trainer talking through the lessons. Reading and writing. um, So they are encouraged to write in their workbooks. And kinesthetics. We do activities every 10 to 15 minutes that are sprinkled throughout the curriculum. If you look at learning pyramids, um, lecture, which is most commonly used, is actually when people learn the least, 5%. And then you have reading at 10%, audiovisual, Demonstration, 30%, and a discussion group is 50%. Many of the activities in the Money Me program are discussions uh, around savings, um, what they would do with extra money, uh, the food challenge. Every 10 to 15 minutes, there's a stop for a discussion. And you see that discussion is 50% of learning. And then we have the learning pyramid, which I went over. The last part of the learning PID, which is the highest percentage, is when the person can teach another person. That means they've mastered the skill. Throughout the curriculum, we're always asking people, who do you know that you can teach this to? And we're trying to have them teach each other as they teach themselves, which would show oh, a sign of mastery. So what results have we seen so far? I have seen people stop gambling, stop smoking, just becoming a better um, shopper. We had one woman who stopped buying chips, soda, and renting movies daily at the convenience store, say $400 a month. Um, We see people keeping their jobs and teaching their children. And now I'd like to turn it over to Heidi, who has been using this curriculum, and she can talk about how she's using it and the results that she has seen.
2: Great, I love that slide. That's, that was our second class that got to use Money & Me. So we've been using Money & Me since the fall of 2017. We had learned about it at the uh, conference in St. Louis, so we were excited about that. Our team was really pumped to come back and, and use it here. We had been using um, a financial literacy curriculum before, but it was very advanced, uh, It was kind of like Sarah had mentioned in the beginning. So we needed something that really um, took us back to basics. And so we found that Money and Me works really well. We've had about 50 Getting Ahead graduates um, go through the Money and Me curriculum, which is amazing, um, and you'll see here uh, in this slide, they're so excited. We, we sort of, the, the package that Sarah puts together, we use, and then we give them a little basket to keep all of their things together um, so they can bring um, things, uh, their, all the materials that they need to make plans for their money owed and just be prepared when they come to class with that little checklist. So we, we've uh, had some big success with Money and Me. Uh, one of the things that, that really worked well for us, the adults that were going through, um, a lot of them were using um, job and family services here for different things and they've been talking about it at job and family services so we were contacted saying what is this money in me that you're using and so they were able to work with us to facilitate with their summer youth program so our job and family services pays for summer youth here and uh, we partner with Goodwill to facilitate so we, we do um, a couple uh, once a month we do a two-day session so two three-hour sessions and we use that over the summer with youth um, ages 14 to 17. And the funny thing with that is they really, um, at the end of the summer, said that was their favorite part of the summer youth program and that that nobody had been teaching them this stuff, and it's what they really need. So not only are our adults loving it, so are the youth. Um, back to the adults, though, I want to share a couple of our stories. Um, with the success that they've had. Some of them had not been familiar with the cash envelope system. So that was sort of their biggest takeaway. You know, they're not um, with a bank or weren't with a bank at the time. So they'd walk around with cash in hand. And it's easy when you're not tracking the cash to see it go away and not know where it went. So um, the cash envelope system has worked really well. In fact, one of our participants, she started cash envelopes with her kiddos as well. And so they're putting their... tour to money that they receive in there and they're sort of balancing their money. And then she's also saving money for the kids as well. So that was sort of eye-opening for her so she could see where her money was going instead of at the end of the month going, where did it all go? You know, they, they have a better handle on where that's going. We've also, um, one of the, the other big takeaways for a lot of our participants is really that plan for money owed. Sarah does such a great job in the curriculum, making sure that people understand It's not your number one priority when you're in survival mode. But at the end of the day, it is money that you owe and it's your responsibility to take care of that. So we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, plugging away at that money owed. So taking care of some of those smaller things and then being able to use the money that you were using on those smaller things to then chip away at the bigger things. And one of our participants, because she was able to make a plan for money owed. She was able to pay some things off and she was able to um, really improve her credit score by doing so and she was able to buy a home for herself and her children. She's a single mom and, and having um, home ownership was important for her. So being able to make that plan, that money owed piece was big. Another thing that Sarah talks about in the curriculum is sort of facing our things head on. Um, mail is a big thing uh, for people in low income. They don't open their mail a lot. Um, sometimes it's because they don't have money to pay those bills. Sometimes they, they're just afraid. You know, If there's a notice in there and I don't see it, um, maybe it won't get shut off, but we all know that that, that doesn't work. So um, one of our folks said just really opening the mail, organizing the mail, Um, really helped her begin to chip away again at some of that money owed, but then also to work on getting her bills caught up and paid on time because she was spending so much money on late fees, which is addressed in the curriculum as well. So, so many things that I think a lot of people are dealing with on a regular basis, but they just don't have the time to sit down and take a look. So I think what money in me does, it really helps us understand our daily lives a little bit better and then make a plan for those things to really help us get on track. And so um, most of our, our individuals really, I mean they come back, we just shared some stories last night at a focus group and they were talking about how much the money in me really sort of changed the vision for their finances before they were thinking there's no way I'm gonna pay these things off, there's no way I'm gonna be able to take the kids on vacation, we just don't have the money. But by making small changes, Um, Buying pop every day. We have uh, lots of folks who talk about um, You know buying those pops at the convenience store that are a quick little ice pop or something like that How they've made the change daily to stop doing that but maybe buy a cheaper brand of pop at home um, Still have the pop if that's what they want, but not spend as much money So this curriculum the way we use it typically it's sort of a follow-up to getting ahead Um, Getting Ahead is our core, which most of you are are aware of and and familiar with Getting Ahead. We also do transitions here that allows us to look at college and career. And then our third step is the financial literacy piece. And um, so we run Money & Me. We do three two-hour sessions. And it's really uh, before they graduate from Getting Ahead, they they finish up transitions in Money & Me. Uh, before they get their certificates, so it's been successful that way for us they're used to coming to the classes a couple nights a week so um the the two hour time schedule works for them it's what they're used to and we have we spent we take an extra day so like a fourth day uh to follow up with any questions or help them a little more with the budgeting there are lots of things that they do sort of they get started in class and they can do some at home but we found if we dedicate one more day sort of that fourth day for them to button some things up and actually uh, have the time sitting there where we've provided a meal and childcare. Um, They have that quiet time to work on the budget That's a lot of the challenge I think sometimes is having that time. And so we're already used to meeting, so we'll do that fourth class just sort of as a a follow-up and let them button up any of those things, ask questions that they may have so that when they leave us, we know that they have a good working budget, they understand the budget, and then they're able to to use it. And uh, making sure um, if they're using the cash envelope system, they have all of their envelopes labeled correctly and they know what to do you know, when they get paid, how to use that properly, not take all their envelopes out of the house. Um, another thing that we talk about, because uh, the cash envelope system, you know, could be risky if you live in an unsafe neighborhood. We we do talk about possibly getting a, a safe or something like that within the home that you can lock and put in a safe place so that if someone comes in, they're not, they don't have access to the money in the cash envelope as well. So um, we've just had great success with it. Um, we enjoy it. Our participants enjoy it, and it's it's very much in layman's terms. You know, I think a lot of times financial literacy, some of the curriculums uh, most of us have looked at, they're in terms that most of us don't understand, and and it's very much futuristic, uh, which is great. But when you're just starting out and you're saying, I have ten dollars left after I pay the bills. Uh, should I invest or should I buy groceries for the family? Um, I think the money in me is is much more simple. It's basic and it lets people kind of start jump in wherever they're at. If I'm just putting a budget together or if I'm working on, uh, you know, working on a budget already and just trying to make sense of it. I think no matter where you're at, money and me just makes sense. And so um, we we continue to use it. We have actually, I've just had all of my staff certified um, at the end of last year. So we currently use it, as I said, with getting ahead as uh, sort of the, one of the, the end classes to sort of put it all together. We also use it with the R rules with our youth. And um, our success coach with our ERN is using it now on site in the workplace to do trainings um, within those businesses. So we're using it sort of across the board and it works. So um, I think that's really all I have. I shared some of our stories, which are great. And um, just a little bit on how we're using it. So Uh, We'll have questions at the end in case anyone has any, but I think that's really all. Unless, Sarah, there's anything else you know that you want me to share.
1: No, you did great. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks. All right. So what I'm going to transition to is I've given you an overview, and now I'm going to show you the content of the program so that you could see um, I took screenshots of the workbook pages. If I was sitting right in front of you, I would be able to show you, and you can feel and touch it, but this is the next best thing. So there are six um, sessions with the PowerPoint, and I explained they were approximately an hour long, and that includes the discussions, and there are actually eight sections in the workbook, but the first six sessions correspond with the PowerPoint, and they really work hand in hand. So I'm going to go through the workbook with you so that you can see the worksheets. We start with an income and spending worksheet, and uh, we try to make it, I added graphics to make it user friendly and not so scary. Um, if you look down under money owed, in other curriculums, what I noticed is that they use the word debt. And when I was teaching the classes, I would say, how many of you have debt? And more often than not, I would get blank stares or nobody would raise their hand. But if I asked the question, how many of you owe money um, to a pay, um, payday loan, a friend or family member, medical expense, student loan, many of them did owe money, but unless it was a credit card debt, they didn't consider that debt. A few other changes um, just that are In comparison to other curriculums is I've often seen dry cleaning and here we have laundry Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen babysitting as an expense and more often than not it's an income for low-income families and we also then just have extra stuff at one point in time I called it fun stuff but after, if you've been a smoker for a while or you have a problem drinking and you're spending money on alcohol or even gambling, that's no longer fun. And so we talk about cutting out extra stuff, but we don't want them to necessarily give up fun stuff as they go through things. We have a savings worksheet, and um, this is actually a discussion. When they get to the worksheets, most of them are discussions. And on the PowerPoint slide, it will say, turn to this page and work on it individually for a few minutes, then work on it in a small group. And then the facilitator brings it back to a large group discussion. So just why should you save? What are things to save for? Um, What would special purchases be? And they would go through the worksheet themselves. Needs versus wants. We want them to start identifying what their needs are and what their wants are. And again, the facilitator should be encouraging discussion and not answering it for the participants. How much do you spend in a year? This, um, oops, I didn't put the right picture in, but the concept is we have them figure out what is something they're purchasing every day, every month, and every week, And and we give them the formulas to look at how much it costs. So as Heidi said, and this is a big one I've seen, um, people that are purchasing soda in the small containers at a convenience store, can, uh, it can add up to quite a bit of money. And cigarettes, at $7 a, po- um, a package. If they are smoking daily, and so you take 7 times 365, that's $2,555 a year. And many of them haven't done that math, and we give them the formulas to do it, and then they have uh, quite the shocker at the end. (laughs) The second session is on responsibility. And so we want to talk about developing healthy relationships. We want them to have a support system. We talk about brushing and flossing their teeth twice a day. This came when I had a dentist become a trainer with me and he said, do you know how many health problems would be avoided if people just brushed and flossed twice a day? I do have some organization that have reached out to dental offices in their local area and they get dental floss and toothbrushes donated and then they give that out um, to participants, which is fun. Checking your car, uh, if they do have a vehicle, I would say how much would it cost to replace an engine compared to how much it costs for regular oil changes. And then laundry, Uh, we do an entire session on laundry and as I stated in the beginning, This was very eye-opening to me. Um, I have a daughter who has Down syndrome and she will be 18 this year. And when she was born, she was hospitalized seven times her first year of life. I had a four-year-old at the time and three stepchildren. And I was just drowning in um, my household chores, just basic living skills and all all that you need to care for a family. And I called one of my friends and she said, Sarah, how is your laundry? And I was like, oh, it's horrible. It's in piles. It's everywhere. And she said, what I want you to do is today wash um, all your clothes and get them put away. And I did that. You know, I did the five processes, which is sort, wash, dry, fold, put away. And at the end of the day, I felt in more control of my life. Mm -hmm. Now, my situation hadn't changed. I still had a special needs daughter, a four-year-old and three subchildren but I felt in more control. So I was developing this curriculum. I thought, oh, all I need to do is help people get in control of their laundry. Mm-hmm. And then I recognized that this is very challenging for low income people. If they are utilizing a laundry mat, they have to save up quarters, they have to find transportation, they might be juggling young children. And so we want to give them strategies for getting more in control of their laundry and that is done throughout the curriculum. So we have things to do, and so we have them put together a schedule of their daily responsibilities, weekly responsibilities, and their monthly responsibilities. Mm -hmm. We have them plan ahead if they're employed. We want them to have a backup plan if they need help with transportation, they get sick or their children get sick, and we want them to be a good employee. So we do a lot of discussions around what can they do to be good employees. Are they a saver or a spender? Here we look at their past, present, and future. And so we ask them: did their parents talk to them about money? Were their parents savers or spenders? What are they? And then what do they want to do for the future? And what can they teach children to do in the future? Healthy or in a healthy habits. This worksheet, they just look at um, different habits, a general discussion on habits. And then that ends the end of session two. And we jump into session three, uh, smart shopping. I was very surprised with um, how many people did not understand price per ounce. And so we do a lot of comparison shopping. We talk about shopping at thrift stores. We even talk about how soda costs less when it's in large containers and at the back of the store when it might be warm, where it costs more at the front of the store where it's cold. And we do talk about um, drinking water. We give them a lot of different ideas, we talk about budget building, writing things down every time that they purchase and they get a notepad for recording their spending. We give them cleaning recipes, so if a person is on food stamps with vinegar, baking soda and lemon juice, they can make their own cleaning products and they can purchase those three items with food stamps. This starts to help people to get into creative problem solving if they didn't feel they could clean because they couldn't afford cleaning products, maybe now that they can do that. Um, health tips, so just eating healthy and low-cost exercise. We do a lot on meal planning, and we do a food challenge where I do uh, In the PowerPoint slides, it gives them one ingredient and they get into small groups. And for one minute, they think of how many recipes they can come up with for that one ingredient. One of the ingredients we have them do is um, chicken. And so if chicken was on sale, they could buy a lot of chicken, but how many different ways they could uh, make meals. We talk to them about how their feelings affect their spending. Um, People shop when they're angry, when they're mad, and when they're happy. So there's lots of things. All of those three sessions are done before we dive into um, the plan for money owed. And then the fifth session is the budget. We want them to start getting an idea of how much money they owe, if they owe money. And so they need to create a money owed list. We absolutely want them to put down friends or family that they might owe money to, and even though it may be a 0% interest rate, we want them to restore relationships uh, with those people, which to me is more valuable than um, the interest. So they put together a money owed list, and from that, they would create a payment plan. I saw one of the questions, and I'll go ahead and answer it now, uh, Dave Ramsey, this is, based on the Dave Ramsey debt snowball technique. And when I first started teaching, I was using visual aids of snowballs, but I was actually losing the audience because when you create a snowball, you're building something big. And when you're eliminating debt, you're trying to make something small. And so I changed all of the visuals and the PowerPoints to actually be chipping away at rocks. I do not want to minimize that eliminating debt, and we actually call it money owed in the curriculum, is hard work, but they do need to be consistent, and they need a plan, that they can get it done. We also want them to create a plan for extra money, so this could be tax income refund checks. Um, We've had some people receive inheritances, and we want them to think about it before it actually gets to their pocket. We have a section on boundaries and how they need to create boundaries around their money. Do they have poor boundaries and they're constantly asking people for money or are people asking them and what they can do to have boundaries around their money and even their own spending. That ends session four and we dive into session five. So what I want um, everyone here to see is we've now done four hours of content which was building a foundation to talk about a budget because so many participants don't feel that they can do a budget, but when they realize they can be better shoppers, they can record what they're spending, um, they have an idea where their money is going, they are now ready to build a budget. We have them start with a calendar, and so uh, we have a template here that they would write when their money comes in and when their bills are due. And we also talk a lot about late fees and how to avoid late fees. This is the budget worksheet, and there's lots of little envelopes on here to show them when they get a check, they need to decide where each dollar is going to go. And so the 10 categories that we saw on the beginning of the um, income and spending worksheet are listed here. This worksheet was designed whether they get one paycheck a month. They get weekly paychecks, or there's multiple people in the household that might be getting money. And we also talk about how food stamps is also income as well. So that if they receive, if they start earning more money and the food stamps would go away, they need to know how much they would need to replace. We do teach the cash envelope system. In the money kit, they get 10 envelopes. One of the experiential activities we do is we have them right on the outside of the envelope. As well as the inside of the envelope as a positive reinforcement, but it turns into the experiential activities that we talked about for addressing different learning styles. Here's a spending um, record, oops I see a typo there, by category. If they are utilizing a bank account, they need to um, use these worksheets to know how much money would be left in a category. If they are using the cash envelope system, they just would need to open the envelope and look at it. But we wanted to give people that are using um, checking accounts a strategy to keep track of what's left in each category. And the last session is take control. And so here's where we get into some habit changes. The first thing we want them to do is I can change. And so they think of some one habit that they want to change, and we give them different strategies to work on that habit. Um, The PowerPoint, each uh, question that you see has a PowerPoint slide that corresponds to that. Fun activities, we want to give them strategies that are low-cost or no-cost activities, and so we provide them with 20, and then one of the activities we have them do is think of 20 on their own. They can cut them out and put them in a basket and pull them out to do fun things with their kids. And the way we leave participants is other ways to be successful. And so many times we measure success in terms of how much money a person has, but we want them to think of other ways. Um, So relationships, throughout the curriculum we want to encourage positive relationships. Influential success. Are they um, an encourager to others, to other people like being around them? And then spiritual success. There is a Christian edition which um, uses scripture. This one is called Our Words of Wisdom, which has inspirational quotes. But who do they spend time with? Um, What books are they reading? What music do they listen to? And we want them to look at the spiritual side of themselves. There are two more sections in the workbook, and so we have the wisdom section, um, which is all of the inspirational quotes which were on the PowerPoint slides, and then an information section with all of the tools that we gave them. They're referenced in the information section. There's a follow up page if people are going to get a mentor, they can utilize that. There's an exit survey, and so those These are the types of things in the information section. I'm going to transition to show everybody a PowerPoint. Let's see how we're doing on time so that you can see what that looks like. And hopefully we can. Okay. Did everybody's screen change to session one reality check? Yes. Okay. So this is what is given to the particip- uh, to the trainers that go through the training and to the organizations that they can use. And um, it's not advancing. It's doing that before. Let me try something No. Let's see if it advances here. OK. So a trainer just needs to walk through the PowerPoint, and it will tell them exactly which page number to go to and activities. This is an icebreaker warm-up activity in session one, and we have them um, get to know somebody they don't know and introduce each other.
0: Mary, it did not, uh, it did not change.
1: Okay. Anything
0: there? There. Yes. It says welcome. Okay. Thank you for coming.
1: Mhm. So this is just uh, reminders to the trainers to walk through so that the participants. The audio part of the presentation is done when trainers just have to walk through the slides. Now well, mine's not advancing. <laughs> are you seeing um, workbooks and money kits? Yes. Okay. Hopefully we will advance. So this is just letting the participants know what they are going to receive, it gives an overview of what they're going to learn. And we let them know that there will be a lot of discussion groups, and we want them to limit the groups to three to five people. Um, Everyone is encouraged to share, and they can take notes, and then the uh, trainer will join everybody into a large group discussion. We let them know there is a plan for their life. This is one of our inspirational quotes. Um, Do your plans include a way to prosper you and your family, which which will not bring harm to your family? We need to learn to make wise choices. Who should make a budget? Everyone, and we encourage families to work together. What I want uh, everybody on the call to notice is that we try to use a lot of pictures um, in the PowerPoints to be engaging and applicable to what they are doing. If you think back to that learning pyramid where the greatest amount of learning happens when you're teaching somebody else, we want them to think of who they can teach. The first thing we have them do to get started is find their income information, receipts, bills, um, money order stubs, and I love this graphic because it's somebody sitting on a floor with no furniture in their home, and that could be very realistic for people. Once they found their information, we want to help them get organized. So it can be in a box, um, the receipt organizer that they're receiving, and it will help them when they work on their income and spending worksheet. What is a budget? It's a plan for their money, a list of income and spending, and it's a tool. Three steps to building a budget. We want them to see how much money they, um, they receive, and how they are currently spending their money. So that's where the notepad comes into place and the income and spending worksheet and the activities, how much are you spending on a regular basis. Building a budget, um, they need to write down each time they receive money and they're gonna decide how they're going to spend the money and that relates to the cash envelope system. And we relate it to being at a mall What I have tried to do throughout the curriculum is each analytical concept I try to take to a concrete concept. And so if they're at a mall and they want to know where to go, they might need to look at a map. That's the exact same thing as a budget. They need to know where they currently are, and the budget will help them with where they're going to go. Then we go over the income and spending worksheet, and you got to see that in the workbook. The first thing they will do is complete the monthly income section. So we have them write how much they are receiving, their spouse, or if they're combining a budget with another person in a household, a family member or roommate, we have that um, option as well on the worksheet. We look at the 10 categories where people spend money, and again, lots of graphics to be engaging to the participants. Talk about giving. As the community has provided for you, you should give back to the community. And the subtle suggestion here is many times, maybe they've been thinking they are entitled, but we want to get them out of the mindset of receiving to giving. And maybe they can't give monetarily if they are on a um, financial assistance or minimum wage job. We don't want them to think they have to give monetarily, but they can give back through their time and their talents. We have them think about expenses related to housing. Um, We do put phone on here if they still have a landline and they also have a cell phone, that might be one area they're able to choose between their, their phones. If they are not paying for housing but it's something they want to do in the future, we want them to start thinking of that category and putting money aside to get ready. How much do they spend on food and home supplies? If they are receiving food stamps, this is uh, where they would put that amount. Transportation, and maybe it's public transportation. Money owed, and so it could be to people and all those other places. I'm going through this quickly, but I want everybody to see so we can, more time. Savings, and here's our inspirational quote, the words of wisdom. And here's where we will take a break and go into a discussion. And so there's probably been 10 to 15 minutes of lecture and the trainer will pause and they say, turn to page 13, break into small groups. They do the activity um, for approximately five minutes on their own, a small group, and then a large group. And I will say this is where we see the real learning taking place. It's important for the trainer to stop, pause, have the discussion, and then return back to the PowerPoint. So imagine 15 minutes has gone by and we've done that activity. We review why should they save and the participants came up with these on their own usually. If not, um, you can just point out to them. If they are saving for special things, what does that look like? Birthdays, electronics, appliances. And then their future, it could be a new home their education or their children's education. Then we take them back to the income and spending worksheet and so we talk about child expenses. How many of you realize that children cost money? Down in the bottom um, right corner you'll see something uh, that has this uh, story. Trainers are encouraged to put together stories ahead of time related to the topics and so when they come to that Then it reminds them that they can share a personal story, um, which is a lot of fun for participants to hear and just to develop rapport with everybody. Then we have the worksheet, how much um, child expenses are. Important about wearing clothes, which is um, a need versus a want. And so we go through that. Later in the Smart Shopping, we talk a lot about shopping at thrift stores. Clothing and personal items, here is where we um, put the laundry, body care, and I actually put cell phone under this because it has become an item that people really, it's important for people to have cell phones. They don't need to be spending a lot of money on iPhones and other things, but it comes under clothing and personal items. Medical, dental, non-emergencies. So um, if they have something they're paying for every month, the copay prescriptions, they can put it here. And the extra stuff um, is where we can see them making the most changes. We do address uh, gambling in the, under Smart Shopping. Um, we do address cigarettes and alcohol and how much that costs throughout the curriculum. The last step of the spending worksheet is to have them take their monthly income, subtract their spending, and see what the difference is. And we let them know if, they're, if it's a negative number, they will need to make some changes. Then we actually stop at that point in time, and they will go to their worksheet on page 11, and they're going to do the income and spending worksheet. We just do this as an individual activity because it can be private and sensitive information, but we want them to get started, so as they have questions, the trainer, and if you have an assistant trainer, are present to help them work through the worksheet. Then we go to needs versus wants, and they will go to that worksheet. What is a need versus a want? No one can serve both their needs and their wants. If they serve their needs, um, if they serve their wants, then their needs will suffer. And then we have them do the discussion and activity. So they would go to the appropriate page in their workbook, and they work through it. And again, small group and large group discussion. How much do you spend in a year? And we have them identify things that they might be spending on a daily basis, weekly and monthly, and give them the formula to do that. And we give them examples, so cigarettes, going to the movies every week for four people at an average $11 a ticket, or monthly we put in cable TV and how much that would cost. Then we have them identify a place that they are currently doing and and complete that worksheet. And then that's uh, the end of session one. So there are five more PowerPoint presentations available um, to see. Uh, But that's just a brief snippet of what they look like. I'm going to go back to my other slideshow, hopefully. And we'll finish the webinar. And I see some questions coming up. So I will be getting to the cost very shortly. Did it transition to the two sections in the workbook for everybody? Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's the pricing. Um, we do an organization bundle and so it's train the trainer online for one person, 10 workbooks and kits and we do a one year license subscription for the organization. And that uh, nonprofit price is $619. Two trainers, um, 20 workbooks and kits. The nonprofit is $1,118. And then for three trainers, 30 workbooks. The profit goes up, or the nonprofit price is $1,617. If you just wanted to order a workbook and kit to preview, Um, it's $35 nonprofit price. If you need customized pricing, you say, you know, maybe we need 50 workbooks and kits, but we're only going to have one trainer. I would just work out the cost for you, um, and you can email me for that. And that's my contact information. And I think that's the end of my slideshow. So I'm available to do questions now.
0: Thanks to you, to both Sarah and Heidi for that. Uh, One question was, how do you measure success? What are the success indicators that you use? What we have done
1: is look at behavior changes. Um, With other financial curriculums, it was usually looking at how much a person has reduced their debt and how much they have increased their savings. While both of those are great measures, sometimes we need to break it down to be a little bit lower at this point in time, and we look at um, a behavior. So we've seen people stop smoking. We've seen behavior changes just in the purchase of soda. And as Heidi said, maybe they're not purchasing soda every day at the convenience store, they're going to the grocery store and getting it into a larger quantity. and all of it relates eventually back to their finances, but sometimes we have to look at the behavior first. And Heidi, are you still on? And what, do you have? Um, can you share about what you're seeing with the success in the program? Sure.
2: Sure. So behavior obviously is one of it, but we, as an agency, we do track um, sort of our success indicators for getting ahead transitions in financial literacy. We have them in three different categories. So we track um, education so whether uh, you know they're going back to get a GED or enrolling in higher education. We also track employment Um, are they getting employed or are they getting a promotion once they go through getting ahead and then we also track increased financial position so what we take a look at is before all the programs because it's sort of a package deal for us if they join getting ahead it's mandatory for transitions and financial literacy so that increased financial position what that looks like is if they uh, once they've completed the programs have they paid off debt whether it be having Uh, loans paid off or having driver's license reinstated because they've paid off some fines. Do they owe to the courts? So we measure that sort of thing. So we we are measuring an increased financial position. um, So I don't know if that helps. And if anyone's interested in that, I can share. I have a survey that would give us a pre and post. So we fill one out before they go through all the programs and then we do it in six month intervals after they complete the programming. So we can see if those things have improved Another piece of that is um, if they were receiving any financial assistance or food assistance, we track to see if that goes down as they uh, begin to manage their money a little bit better or get um, better paying jobs. So that sort of goes into our, our piece of that, um, is that increased financial position.
0: Uh, and the facilitator training is done online, correct? Yes, the train the trainer is done online. We really want um,
1: the one-on-one or not the one-on-one, but the personal contact between the trainer and the participants uh, to happen in person. Um, so the training for participants is not online.
0: Okay. But the, um, the training and the process is done in a group setting.
1: For the participants.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, what what about a clients that have issues with transportation? Have you, um, you know, can you talk about the pros and cons of doing this in a group delivery versus maybe on a one on one house visit?
1: The I have had people do it one on one. The drawback is just you don't get the discussion and kind of the support system of when people are not able to be in a group setting. The content is still very applicable to them, and it can absolutely help them. They're just missing the discussion portion of the curriculum. And uh, But to me, something is better than nothing. So if, that, if people need to go do home visits and do it one-on-one, they can absolutely do it that way. OK.
0: Uh, is the spiritual portion required?
1: It, um, it's not required. There's one tiny section in the workbook and it was uh, on the other ways to be successful. And it just said spiritual success. What books do you read? What music do you listen to? And do you spend time in any prayer meditation? And there is one slide that relates to that. And so if an organization doesn't feel comfortable with doing that, they can choose to not do that if, if they would like. Um, it's in the workbook and it's one slide, but they could skip over it if they need to.
0: Okay. What about using this in Canada?
1: Ooh, I'd be open for figuring that out. <laughs> sure. All
0: right. There you I'm go, Julie. Put all
2: these, these email addresses down. Would it be easier if I put my email address? I don't want to miss someone. Would it be easier if I put my email address in and anyone who wants, it looks like a couple requesting the survey, if you would just send me an email in case I miss somebody? uh, And I think I put
1: yours. Let me get back to where I had your picture. There we go.
2: Okay. That way I've got a couple, but I wasn't able to keep up and write all of those down. Or Ruth, is there a way for me to get all of those? I, I want to make sure I get that survey out if people are interested in that. And I don't I want to think miss the
0: it. best way is for them to email you at coordinator at Marion Matters. Okay. Um, Sarah, how long is that facilitator training? It's approximately six hours.
1: Uh, there are several videos and some question uh, quizzes and questions on there. So a person could do it realistically in one day, or um, <laughs> it's very similar to the the regular training, uh, the Money and Me, for participants.
0: Okay, so it. it's, um, it's self-paced and online? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, Kathy, we will um, post this recording on the website, so you can have access to this recording. Um, and then if you're interested in more materials, then you can... Um, go to Money & Me and and see how to purchase them. Um, All right, anything else? We really appreciate it. So let me just say we have an annual conference. It's called Addressing the Challenges of Poverty. It's in Indianapolis this year. um, September 22nd through 24 and there will be sessions like this at the conference. All tools to help you grow your initiative and strategies to reduce poverty. So please take a look at that. It's on the events page of AHA process if you have that interest and um, can come in September. But we thank everybody for their questions and for participating. Uh, We have Heidi's email there, coordinator at Marian Matters. And then, Sarah, if you want to go to your slide.
2: Sure. At the end? I'll do that. If you can come to conference, please do. This will be my my seventh year at conference, and I learn something new every year. So if you can make it, I would suggest that you come. So many great ideas, so many great people. And really, those connections that you make, that's what really uh, moves your initiative forward, because I know I call on the people I've met at conference on a regular basis. So that's just my two cents. (laughs)
0: So, Nancy, the program is done in groups um, and Heidi does hers in two-hour sessions four times. Uh, Heidi, what's the largest group you've had?
2: Um, we we limit ours to our getting ahead group. Twenty is the most we've had in one session, which is one of our highest. We Typically, uh, 15 is like where we want to keep it because if so, if it's much higher than that, The groups sometimes get in their little side conversations, So I would say 20 is a good max.
0: Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks, Sarah. And thank you, Heidi, for sharing your expertise. And uh, we all know that financial literacy is a needed component in our community work. So we really appreciate your time and energy. And for each of you that um, participated, you can look for the recording of this sometime next week. Have a good day.